0: I've been enjoying diving into these last few weeks and pressing into the word of the year that is for this house. If you know the word of the year, why don't you go ahead and shout it for me if you know the word of the year? Trust. Trust, a word that is not an easy word sometimes, a lot of times maybe. And our foundational scripture this year as we lean into this word trust comes from Proverbs chapter three where the most wisest man alive, Solomon, wrote in verse five and six, he says, if you know it, say it with me, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's a promise. But there's a responsibility that comes with every promise. In my journey as a follower of Jesus, I have discovered that every time that I have said yes to God, not too long after that, I realized that I really didn't know what I was saying yes to. And every time that I said yes, That yes required me to stand on a foundation of trust. To trust even though I didn't understand what was happening. You will notice as you study scripture, you will recognize that every person who once said yes to God, meaning saying yes to receiving him as their Lord and their Savior, has had to have a follow-up yes shortly after. And I want us to look at something in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where we see Paul is having to defend himself from the church that he started. You can stand. Paul is having to defend himself from the church that he started. Isn't that a thing? Having to argue with something that you made. Have you ever wanted to throw your kids across the room? Now, maybe you have a little bit more parallel of understanding of maybe Paul's frustration. But what we see and what we're going to read here is they've reached a little disagreement. Paul told them that he was going to come spend some time with them before going to Judea. But Paul had to have a change of plans. And some of those church people were upset. They were upset so much that they started calling him the fickle apostle. So what we're about to read today in in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is his response to them as he was writing. And you will notice in his writing, Paul's got a little bit of sauce on his letter. There's a little extra spice in his response. So I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to read verse from verse 15 today. It says this because I was confident of this meaning. I thought we had a relationship is what he's saying. I thought that you knew that I didn't move according to what I feel, but yet I operate according to God's purpose. This is what Paul is saying because I was confident of this. I wanted to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. Somebody say twice. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and then come back to you from Macedonia and then have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes and no, no. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, by Silas, by Timothy, the three musketeers, the three amazing apostles, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Want us to read verse 20 again for no matter how many promises God has made they are yes in Christ how many are thankful that we serve a God whose promises are yes in Christ I want to preach to you today from this subject and from my title it's yes and amen It's yes and amen. Father, we thank you for our time together. We pray, Lord, that you would transform us today by your word. Let us leave here changed. We thank you for your presence here today. Do what only you can do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray in all church people said amen. 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 You may be seated. you ever said yes to something only to realize that you really didn't know come to find out what you were really saying yes to anybody ever been there like this happens all the time when people get married I see this often as a pastor I get the privilege and the honor I have had it to marry many people and as I sit at the altar and the pastor as I go You know do you accept this person you know for better or for worse for richer for poorer, for sickness and in health until death do you part be faithful you know forsaking all others and they're like yes you know it's like this this yes of of cry they've got the tears in their eyes they've got all the emotions but their yes truly they really don't know what they're saying yes to like you have How many, how many are engaged today? Anybody engaged today? They got a wedding or just got married. You you really don't know what you said yes to. It's like signing a blank check and having someone else go spend it. Like you have no idea. Well, I'm marrying him. I'm not marrying his family. Oh, let me tell you, sweetie, when you said yes to him, you said yes to everything that comes with it. All of him, all of them. Have you ever seen that show? I said yes to the dress. Well, this is I said yes to the mess. Like when you said yes, you got it all. I know for a fact that Kendall did not know when she said yes to me. She had no idea what she was saying yes to because I know me. I know the, the me that is the grumpy me. I know all that me does. I know the stubborn me, the control freak me, the hangry me, the stressed me, the awkward me and the focused me. I know me. Don't stop. I'm stop there. I ain't trying to confess all my things. But there's so much that we had no idea of when we said yes to each other. We said yes to what we saw but didn't know that we were going to have to say yes again. You know, when you say yes to God, your yes is easy because your yes is connected to receiving. Your yes is connected to receiving the blessing of salvation, the blessing of grace, the blessing of hope and mercy, the blessing of, forgiveness, but after that yes, shortly after comes an opportunity for you to say amen. Well, most people maybe that have not grown up in church, maybe you don't understand what the word amen is. A lot of people use it in church language. Um, Amen simply means so be it, let it be. And so we often say amen, but we're not really realizing what we're saying amen to. But your amen is connected to this biblical word called sanctification. It's a word that I've discovered that where many of us have got stuck at our yes, we say yes to God and we get stuck there and we never actually get to our amen because our amen requires this consequential word called trust. And with our amen, there begins to be this process of sanctification, where we are becoming more like Christ with every breath and every step. For those of you that say yes, but you yet hesitate your amen. Or like those who said yes to marriage at the altar, yes to marrying that person, but only to experience, you'll never experience the joys of that marriage because you stay roommates and you act like roommates or like a child who sits at the fence of an amusement park, looking in only wishing that he could experience the joys, but never being able to enter it. And although the extraordinary life that Jesus came to offer us is visible, sometimes it is not accessible because your access to the promise is only possible through your trust in the purpose. I'm going to say that again, your access to the promises of God, extraordinary life is only possible through your trust in the purpose. So the question is, are you committed to the plan? Or are you committed to the purpose? What Paul is saying in second Corinthians that he's saying God's purpose is still at the forefront. God's purpose for what I'm trying to do is what is at hand. But the plan that I intend come to you has changed. We've had an altercation. There's been an altering moment. I'm not able to come anymore. Have you ever had God change your plans? Oh, how we love it when he does that and the reality is, is that at some point in your life, you will come to a place where the reality is you will find that your plans are often not God's purpose and he will change your plans and we will often look at God as if he is fickle because the plans changed. Because the things that you thought were supposed to happen are not happening. Because someone told you that they would and then they didn't. But I've got to set the record straight today. It is people who are fickle. Their yes is different than God's yes. God is not fickle. God is faithful. For no matter how many promises God has made, he said what? They are yes In Christ, so God is not a man that he should lie, that if God said it, he will complete it. If all God's promises are yes and amen, then his promises are yes and amen. How many are you thankful that we serve a God whose promises are yes and amen? That he is faithful. He is not fickle. We we must know that our yes is simple, but it is our amen that will be found to be tested. And I believe that there are people here today who your amen is being tested today because your plans got canceled. And now you've realized that the plans that you had that started with I and me are no longer the plan. You see, I've come to discover in my life that God will cancel your plans for his purpose. You know, we we love the, the scripture. Jeremiah 29 11 it's a famous scripture I mean if, if you're new to church you need to get to know that one real quick because like even the people who only come on Easter and Christmas will quote that verse to you they all know Jeremiah 29 11 it's on every coffee mug it's on every shirt that you want to buy at, at I don't even know if scripture havens in, in business anymore but at, how many remember scripture haven in the mall it's still there oh that shows how much I go to the mall y'all but Jeremiah 29, 11, a famous passage says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Well, we'll hold up for a minute. So if God is saying, I know the plans that I have for you, what is he implying? You don't. So i got to tell you if, you, if you're going to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, at least do yourself the courtesy of reading verses 12 and 13 as well. Because we like to do that. We like to read the promises of God, but we don't like to re- re- read the, the later part, where is the responsibility that is required of us. Let, let's, let's just read it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to you, prosper you. Yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord, Lord. not to harm you. Yes, Lord, Lord. plans to give you hope in a future. Yes, yes, Lord. Like that's that's what we want. Prosper me. Give me a hope. Give me a future not to harm me. But then it goes on to say, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You see, what's interesting about that is he said, if you will seek me. But we don't like the verses that's about him. We like the verses that's about us. We don't like the verses that's about his, about what he wants us to do. We just like the verses about his plan for us to prosper us, to not harm us, to give us hope, to give us a future. But we have a responsibility to when we read Jeremiah 29, 11. If we ought to know those plans that we must seek him. And when we seek him, we must seek him with all of our heart, not just a part of it. So the question then comes to beckon is, will you trust God even though you don't know the plan? Will you trust God even when you don't like the plan? Because it must be yes and amen, not just yes. You see, your yes is convenient. Your amen is a covenant. Your yes is I love my wife. Your amen is I'm going to stay committed to her. Your yes means I love my church. Your amen means I'm invested in it. Your yes means I love my God. But your amen means I will trust his purpose more than my plan. You see, your trust in God is what gives you access to his purpose for your life. I, I did not say to understanding God's plan, yes to God's plan. I didn't say yes to understanding it. I said yes to God. I, last time I checked, I didn't say yes to a genie, I said yes to a God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We like to serve a God who is a genie where we can rub a lamp and we get our three wishes, but that's not how God works. Your yes to God is a response to come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Your amen to God is those who will lose their life for me will find it. Your amen is for you to take up your own cross and carry it. Your amen is trusting a God that you cannot track. But what I have found is that most people who say yes, and that's all they say is yes, and are stuck in between their yes and amen. What they're really saying is yes, but. They'll say yes to God, but shortly after that, yes, and their second breath is yes, but. What do I mean? Yes, but if you ask me to do something uncomfortable, God. Yes, but I'll follow you until things get hard. Yes, but if things don't go the way that I want them to go yes but if you ask me to do that turn the other cheek crap because i ain't like that god i ain't soft yes but if you ask me to serve in my church if you ask me to give at that church if you ask me to be a part of that small group thingy that they talk about all the time at church yes but if that preacher or that man of god starts to talk about things that i disagree with And we are willing to stay stuck in our rut instead of removing our butt. We're willing. It's time to remove your butt. Look at your neighbor real quick. Look him in the eye. I've been waiting to do this all sermon. Look him in the eye, get to know their eye color a little bit at them real awkwardly. Come on, because you are about to say a statement and you want to be, you want to have the confidence to say it. Look at them. Don't look at me. Look at them. Look at your neighbor. Say it's time to get rid of your butt. Now look at your second best choice. Go ahead and look at your next neighbor. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. Get to know their eye color a little bit. You've been wanting to tell them all service. Say, it's time, it's time to get rid, get rid of your butt. butt. Not your butt, your butt. <laughs> You've got to remove your butt because it's your butt that's keeping you from your purpose. Some of you say yes to God and you got a big old butt right after it. <laughs> Y'all stop singing songs, I'm not even going there. But you, I know I'm being a little humorous today, but you've got to understand is a lot of times we get our butt in the way of God's purpose because it's for our convenience. It's for what we like. It's for what makes us comfortable. I preached a little bit while back talking the difference between casualness and conviction. Do you of you remember that one? We, we like to live in a life that's casual, a life that's comfortable, a life that's convenient. And I know and I understand why we do that because we're a human nature and we seek pleasure rather than seeking purpose sometimes. But we have to learn to get our own butt out of the way so God can fulfill his purpose in the earth that he called for such a time as this on our life. We've got to get our butt out of the way. So how do you achieve your purpose in life? That's the question. Let me tell you the answer. Trust. You trust. And you have to come to a place where you can say, I'm hurting, but I'm going to trust. I feel broken, but I'm going to trust. I don't know the way out, but I'm going to trust right now. It doesn't look like what God has told me, but I'm going to trust and know that he is working, even though I don't see him working. I may feel like my walls are caving in, but I'm going to trust. See, I know that many people have a hard time trusting because they've been hurt. Trusting is a hard word. I remember when God told me that this was going to be the word for the year. I was like, do you realize what I'm saying? Like what what you're telling me to tell your people, God. In a day and age where trust has been shattered. where you don't know who to trust anymore. You don't know what to believe anymore. You don't know if what they said is right and what they didn't say is right. You don't know what statistics to believe. Did you know that 80% of all statistics are made up? I just made that up. (laughs) But you would have believed it. You don't know who to trust. You don't know what to believe. You went on D for, for a, a, a short finger you, now, and you, now you're going to die. Like you don't know what to trust. So when God laid this word trust on my heart, I said, God, do you really understand what you're asking of? And he said, yes, because in order for you to feel the, pur- the purpose that I have for your life and for their life, that it's going to require trust trusting when it doesn't make sense trusting when you don't know what to do trusting even when you think you do i see i think that's the other part we, we like to say well all i can do is pray or all i can do is trust no, no no the first thing i should do is pray the first thing i should do is trust the first thing i should do is what if you will seek me you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart and so we live in a day where we've been hurt and we have a hard time trusting And the truth is, if you go to look at it, what happens is we often transfer our distrust from people to God. When it was people who hurt us, not God. But we will distrust God for what people did. It's like going into a restaurant and somebody from another table yelling at you and you saying, I'm never going back to that restaurant. It had nothing to do with the restaurant. It had everything to do with that other person. Why? Because people are fickle people will fail you and if you need people to validate you if you need people to confirm you if you need people to affirm you you will always find yourself in a place that is empty and shallow every single time but when you put your hope in the one whose name that was given that is above every name who has all power and authority in his name i just want to say this when you when you start to dis, to transfer distrust from people to God a lot of times it happens and it's, it's like just because God didn't give you what you wanted doesn't mean he gave you a reason to not trust him just because what you've prayed for hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that he is not trustworthy just because you don't like what he said doesn't mean that you cancel your trust on God Just because you've had a change of plans. Just because you don't feel like it. I got to tell you today, your trust is what is connected to your purpose. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What is that saying? Don't lean on your own intuition. Don't lean on your own experience. We will have an experience with people and transfer that experience to God. Then because we've had a bad experience with people, we think that that's how God is. No, that God created us. We have a free will. People are stupid sometimes. Look at your neighbor. Say, I love you. We in this together. Now look at your other neighbor and say, but you can be crazy sometimes. But we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding In all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. For no no matter how many promises God has made, Paul said they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. It's yes and amen, not just yes. It's yes and amen, not just yes. And I came to preach to some people today to let you know, don't stay stuck at your yes. It's time to say amen, because it's your amen that pushes past your fleshly desires. It's your amen that pushes past the popular. It's your amen that pushes past your experience, past your logic, past your opinions. Not my wills, but yours be done. This is the very same thing that Jesus said in the garden. He had to push past his flesh and say not my will but yours be done so be it however you want to use me god i'm yours all that you've given me it's yours all that i am it's yours so shut up devil it's yes and amen for me you can't stop me You can't hold me, no matter what you bring up against me, it's still going to be yes. It's still going to be amen. So be it with me, as it has been said unto the Lord, you may have a change of plans, but I'm going to focus on God's purpose. You can cancel my plans, God, because I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your purpose. It's yes and amen for me. You can have it all. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet today? Why don't we sing this to Jesus? So be it with me as it has been said unto the Lord. With every eye closed, every head bowed in this room, I can only imagine in a room like today that there are some of you that maybe you've never said yes to God. Jesus can feel sometimes this word called brutal. There are times when our vision or our lens can feel like this word sanctification can feel brutal. Why is that? It's because there are, what's happening is this shedding of the things that are of our sin nature. fleshly desires the things that are not pleasing to God where they begin to be shed off of our life and that can sometimes feel uncomfortable not sometimes that will feel uncomfortable why because a lot of times we create our home and our we find safety in our insecurity we will find safety even in our sin sometimes why because we feel like that's what we we what will please us but when you walk through the journey with god and you say amen there is a beauty that rises from the ashes the person that god has called you to be you start to become and where there was no hope now, found hope, and where there is a lack of joy, joy becomes found. Where there seems to be a sense of purposelessness, you seem to start to discover the purpose that God has for your life. You begin to discover why you are here. When you say yes to God, you get to receive the free gift of what's called salvation. Here's the thing, we are in need of a savior. We have failed, we've made mistakes. We have done what the Bible has said, that we have fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? It means that we have missed the mark. God has a bullseye set, and every shot we've taken, we've missed. And the Bible says that because Jesus came and he died and he gave up his life to pay the wages of your sin, understanding that back then you used to have to give an atonement, a sacrifice, you had to bring it before the priest and offer it as an atonement for your mistake. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for us. So that way when God looks at us, He doesn't see us, but He sees us through the lens of Christ. Where His blood was shed for your, yours and my sin. That He nailed our transgressions to a cross. That He bled and took the just vengeance which was the cup that represented the wrath of God that was supposed to be poured out for all of humanity. The Bible tells us that Jesus came. He he performed miracles. He came to do the will of the Father. He was accused and died a sinner's death. Although he was considered blameless and spotless, but he did it for you and I. He did it so that way you and I could have this word called eternal life and we can experience this fulfilled life that we talked about a moment ago in John 10.10 10, that Jesus came that we may have life and that life to the full and maybe you're in this room today maybe you've never said yes to God maybe you have come to a point where you realize that you're in need of a savior. You tried to live life on your own. You tried to do what you thought was right. You tried to justify in your own mind. You've come to the realization today that Jesus' way is better. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The Bible says as as, as, as high as the heavens are above the earth are his thoughts and his ways above our thoughts and our ways. Jesus came so he can make all things new again. He wants to forgive you of your sin today he wants to wash you clean and if you're here today and you say i need to i want jesus in my life i want to say yes to god i want to accept him as my lord and savior i want to receive this free gift of salvation this gift of grace this gift of hope and mercy through his son jesus if that's you today i want to pray for you and i want to know who i'm praying with and maybe maybe you've made this decision one time in your life but maybe You've fallen away. Maybe you're that group of people. You started living life on your own. You, you got distracted. We've all, we've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short. We've all gotten distracted in times. We've lost sight. We shifted our focus. Today is the day to regain your focus back on Jesus. So maybe you're one of those two groups of people. Maybe you want to accept Jesus for the first time today, or maybe you want to rededicate your life back to God to say, God, I need you in my life. I've fallen away. And I know you are the way, the truth, and the life. If that's you today with every eye closed, every head bowed all across this room, I want to count down from three and I just want to know who I'm praying with so I can pray with you today. And I just want you to lift your hand up as high as you can to say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to rededicate my life today. If that's you, one of those two groups of people, ready, three, two, one, just lift them high. Say, that's me. I want Jesus today. I want to accept him as Lord. I want him to make all things new. I want him to forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. I want to live the purpose he's called me to live. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift him high. Say, that's me. I want to receive his grace. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would wash me clean. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to trust you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. And everyone said a big amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate with every single person that accepted Jesus today? Come on, let's celebrate with all of them. New life, new beginning.